now. Is that cool? All right. Hey, I really want to welcome you here to Next Steps Session 1. And uh, this is Welcome to C3. We're going to be talking together about the vision and the values and the heartbeat of our church. And I'm preaching this live in our church. And for all of those of you who are joining us in Next Step Session 1, our church wants to give you a big welcome. We love you guys. So come on, guys. Let's give a big welcome to everybody. We think you should join this church. We're delighted you are here with us today. Uh, over 20 years ago, uh, I was a single man living as a, in a bachelor pad here on the Sunshine Coast with a couple of mates. And one of those mates, my best mate, had a little sister who lived just down the road. Her name's Danielle. She would uh, come and hang out a lot with her big brother. And uh, we became friends over that period of time. And unbeknown to me, uh, she began to like me. And some would say that was an act of God's mercy on my life that she began to like me. Others would say, well, she's only human. Of course, she began to like me. I'm not sure. I tend to go with the second particular theory. Uh, but as I sort of found out that she began to like me, and I was praying for a wife. I was in my early 20s. Uh, there came a moment. Uh, that I often refer to when I was talking with one of my mates in the, in the kitchen. I realized that Danielle was keen on me and he was saying, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I started saying, well, you know, she's great. She's a good friend. I've known her for a long period of time. And I, and I started to say, then the things that I'm looking for in a wife on my list, I said, oh, you know, I'm looking for someone who's funny, someone who's good looking, someone who's smart, someone whose company I enjoy. And as I went down the list, I'm like, hang on a minute. That's her. The scales, they just fell off my eyes in that moment. Cupid shot from the corner an arrow into my heart. And in that moment, I realized that everything that I wanted was actually there in this beautiful woman who'd become a friend. And it was time to step over the line and to begin to be the pursuer in the relationship. And I find many people who come along to church have got a bit of a list of things that they want in life. I want, uh, I want friends. I want to be inspired. I want something that's powerful and real. I want a purpose and a vision to give my life for. And not everyone realizes until maybe they come to a moment like this that everything that's on our list for life is actually found in the community of faith that the Bible calls the church. We are the church. And so today, my hope and prayer is out of, out of today is that you will find a church for you. Now, it might not be this church, and that's okay. There's some amazing churches on the Sunshine Coast. So whether this is the one or whether it's another one, it doesn't matter. The, what really matters is that you find a church where you believe God wants you. You make a commitment to be planted in that church. And as you get planted in that church, the Bible tells us that your life will flourish. So here today, I really want to go through what is it that makes us C3 Kiwana Waters, what makes us tick? Who are we? What, what makes the wheels go round at this church? And so I'm going to talk about the vision. I'm going to talk about the values. And I'm going to talk about uh, a number one priority for us and how we can partner together in that. So the first thing I want to talk about is our vision. Our vision goes like this. Uh, we're, we're here to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. We're here to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. So the first part is build the church. Jesus said it like this. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus, there's only one thing he said he's going to build. 
He didn't say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build a sporting club. He didn't say, I'm going to build a community club. He said, I'm going to build the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, those who have a purpose to bring the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. The church is God's plan A. It's not, it's not one of his options, it's his plan A. The church is the gateway of heaven, the Bible says, where God's kingdom that's established in heaven will be released into planet earth through the church. Now, the church is not the building, the building helps, but the church is the group of people who God builds together for the purpose of his dwelling, for the purpose of reaching our community. So we're, we're local church people. We love the church. It's the bride of Christ. We don't speak against the church. We love the church. We're building the church. That's the first part. The second part is we're here to see Jesus glorified. And we say Jesus glorified because, you know, many people have, have an idea, different ideas of what God is. God's this and God's that. and You know, you can create God in your own image, how you want Him to be. And in fact, in our world today, some terrible things are done in the name of God. So when we talk about Jesus being glorified, the Bible's really clear that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God's like, you just got to look at the life of Jesus. So as a church, our aim, our purpose is that in everything we do, Jesus would be glorified. He would be number one. He would be the hero. He would be the center. And it looks like this. When we come together and we worship God with all of our heart, Jesus is glorified. When we, when we do acts of kindness for our neighbor, for, for someone in need around our life, or someone on the other side of the world, Jesus is glorified. When we, when we uh, help people to, uh, and see get them get healed and see miracles happen, Jesus is glorified. Uh, when you excel in, in any sphere of life that God has positioned you in your community, and in your, when you do really well and succeed, Jesus is glorified. So our vision is to see Him glorified. And there's one ultimate thing that really points people to Christ, when, that, that shows people how amazing Jesus is, and this is when lives are transformed, where people get to know Christ. And that's the third part. The third part of our vision, we're building a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed, where God comes and lives inside a person and begins to change them from the inside out. When the Holy Spirit takes someone who was depressed and couldn't face life and gives them a spark and gives them purpose. When, when someone comes along who is overwhelmed by anxiety, but they meet the God of love and peace gets into their heart. Where, where someone comes and their marriage was struggling, but God puts love in their heart and keys to change their marriage and their life is transformed, Jesus is glorified. Often people say to me, well, why are you a pastor? Why do you, why do you put yourself through that? Some people would say to me. And to be honest, I don't think like that at all. The, the, the passion that I have, the number one thing that fires me up more than anything else is when I come to church and I see people who were once broken, hurting, purposeless, and lost, and they've met their creator and begun that relationship, and they've got on this journey of transformation, it just fires me up. I love seeing the transformation that happens in people's lives. It's what gets me out of bed every day. I love when people who are paralyzed by fear suddenly discover the power of faith. I love, look, I love seeing people who, who were suffering in physical pain for 20, 30 years and they get healed by the power of God and their life is transformed. I love when people who were once bound up by religion 
and, and had the wrong concept of God and were locked up and tight and, and, and unable to have fun and enjoy life. I, went, I love it when they realize who God really is and they get out of the shell and out of the shackles of religion and experience the freedom that you have when you know who God really is. I love it when people come out of darkness into life and that's what we're here for as a church. It's to see lives transformed. It's a continual journey. It's not just a moment. It's not just salvation. It is salvation. But it's the, the continuing journey of, of developing a relationship with God. It's a continual journey of experiencing freedom and healing from our past, of being equipped to be successful in every area of our lives. That's our vision, to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. It's what we're all about. So you go, all right, well, what is, what, what's different about that? Lots of churches would have that vision. What's, what's distinctive about this church? And we have uh, 10 values, okay, 10 uh, values that make up the culture of our church. So when you walk into our church, there are some very deliberate decisions that we've made, things that we've discovered from the Word of God that determine the kind of church we want to be. And that, that hopefully your experience, and if you're here and you've only been around here for a few weeks, my hope is that these values line up with the experience that you've already had. And I'm just going to go through them here today. There's 10 of them. They're our distinctives. All right, the first one is our church is a soul-winning church. We are passionate about seeing people saved. It's our true north. If ever we get distracted from this particular thing, we get off track, we get lost, we, we miss the purpose, we're, we're missing God's heart. We're here to see people meet Christ. We're here to see people who have come from all sorts of spiritual backgrounds, non-church attenders, People who grew up in a denominational church, people who have grown up with other religions, people who once knew God but have walked away from God. We, we want everybody to come into a personal and powerful relationship with Christ. It's the main thing. Our, our feeling is this. See, if it was church was just about having a good time, if it was just about singing great songs, if it was just about studying the Bible and loving one another, we might as well go to heaven. That's the main purpose of church. We might as well get someone baptized and go, hold him under for a long until he just goes straight to heaven. Now, we don't do that for those of you thinking about getting baptized. We don't do that, okay? But here's the deal. There's only one thing that we can do while we're alive There's only that we can't do in heaven in that sense, and it's to win people to Christ, to take more people to heaven than are going right now. So our number one value is we're a soul-winning church. We want people to have a relationship with God that will change their eternity. Our number two value is this. We're a disciple-making church. We help people take their next steps as followers of Jesus. That means that we're very deliberate the way that church is set up and structured to help people to take that next step. It might be praying, learning how to pray. It might be opening up the Bible. It might be water baptism. It might be understanding who Jesus is. Alpha might be someone's next step. It might be um, beginning to discover the gifts that God's given you. Or, or, or what, There's a whole range of things. And so as a church, we're very deliberate that everything we do from our Sunday services to the conferences we run to our small groups, everything we do is about helping people grow as disciples of Jesus. That's our number two value. Number three is our church is a supernatural church where the Holy Spirit is honored, spiritual gifts flourish, and the miraculous is experienced. We, we believe in the power of God. 
Uh, we believe that we live in a Harry Potter generation who, who knows something about the supernatural, who knows something about the X-Files, if you like, and they're looking for something that's real and powerful. And when they come to church, it should blow away every other counterfeit. It should blow away every other alternative because of the power of God. So that means, and you know, if you're new around here and today or you know, in, in this session, there's a couple of things that we do in church that you might not have seen or experienced. I just want to take a moment to explain them. One is what we call speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is, is a language that God gives us when His Holy Spirit fills us and we are baptized in His Holy Spirit. And we begin to speak in a language that we don't understand in our mind. Uh, it's something that's spiritual. The devil doesn't understand it, but God understands it. He provides a, a direct connection to God. When you speak in tongues, you strengthen your spiritual person, your inner spiritual man. When you speak in tongues, you pray prayers for the will of God that you don't actually understand yourself, but you bypass your mind and understanding. It's one of the great powerful things we do. And so in our service, you might hear someone, it sounds like they're mumbling but actually they're praying in a prayer language that you can have when you receive the Holy Spirit, get baptized in. That's one of the things that's a little weird, but very powerful. Another is this, as we take moments in most of our services for something supernatural to happen, but particularly for healing. When Jesus came, one of the practical ways he demonstrated God's love to people, one of the practical ways he demonstrated his power, that he was the Savior, as he prayed for healing. He cast out demons and people were healed through the power of God. So each service, we try to take a moment and that's what's going on. It's not that the person praying is like a super person with superpowers. It's that Christ lives in us and we are His hands and feet releasing His power, the power of the Holy Spirit to show God's love to people. And we see almost every week we'd see someone meet God in a powerful way through healing, all right? So we're a supernatural church. Number four, our church is a praying church. We take spiritual territory through front-footed, faith-filled prayer, all right? Uh, we value personal prayer and corporate prayer. We believe with all our hearts that God has taken a big risk, a big risk. He's limited that what He can do in the sense of His will on planet Earth to the prayers of the saints, He's, he said, if my will is going to happen on planet Earth, I need people to pray it into being. So therefore, uh, that's why Jesus said, uh, pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're a praying church. We realize that God's power links with our prayer life. So we do crazy things like 21-day fasts and 10-day fasts. We, we do weird things like praying all through the night. We, we have 24-7 prayer meetings where someone prays every hour of the week. We, do all, we pray before church, during church, during small groups. We have prayer meetings. Why? Because we're a praying church, all right? That's us. Then number five is that our church is a worshiping church. We love to worship. We love to worship God with every fiber of our being. So when you come into this place, into church, you'll find that you're like, what's going on here? People have got their hands raised. What's that all about? That's an act of worship. That's someone saying, I'm lifting my eyes above my own circumstances and, and being my own, you know, the, the solution to my own problems. I'm lifting my hands to God because of what He's done in my life and what He's going to do. I'm, lift, I'm, I'm elevating God in my life. That's why we lift our hands. We, we sing uh, with passion. We sing with enthusiasm. We have nights of worship. We, we have a deliberate music style here in church that might not be your preference. You might like jazz. You might like classical. 
God forbid you might even like country and western. All right? But in church here, you might like heavy metal, you, whatever it is you like. And I'm joking. It's okay. God even loves country and western. Okay? Uh, so, but, but, but here's the thing. There's a deliberate music style of our church that, that really we've, we've chosen because we want to we wanna connect with as many people on this planet as we can. Many people on the Sunshine Coast. That's why there's a, a popular style of music. It's a modern style of music. And just as years ago, John Wesley would take the songs from the pubs and write spiritual songs to it, and everyone would come and sing them in church because they knew them in the pub, we're, we're using a style of music that people will connect with. And it might not be my favorite or your favorite, but it's actually our way of worshiping God in a way that people can connect with God. It's not about me, it's about reaching the world, all right? All right, number six, our church is a Bible-believing church. We love the Word of God and preach the Word of God and study it with a passion. We believe the Bible is inspired by God. It's the living Word. It's Christ here in a, in a written book. And so it's both a manual for life and a revelation of who God is, but it's also instruction and guidance. And when you read it, it comes alive to you and helps you live your best life. We're a Bible-believing church. Uh, our church is a loving church. We're committed to encouraging and caring for one another in every season of life. Uh, we're relationally focused in what we do. We're actually a big family. Uh, and and though, th though it might seem like it's a massive Italian-style family with thousands of people, but we're a big family. And at the center of that is hospitality. People gather around barbecues, around meals, all over the coast, in small groups on Sunday. We have, we have a belief that, that the, the care of our church is not the responsibility of a few. It's not just a few pastors who need to care for everybody, but at the very heartbeat of the gospel and Christianity is what we call one another care. That we, we, we develop friends in church who we care for, who we make a commitment to encourage. And I've found when you make that decision to, to make it about caring and encouraging others, you receive back into your life what you're sowing into others. All right, so we're a loving church. Number eight is our church is a compassionate church church a compassionate church we shine god's love into our community and beyond with no strings attached we don't shine god's love into people's lives in practical ways so they'll come to church necessarily but if we're kind to the poor and disadvantaged god comes to church when god comes to church everything changes okay so we help people on the sunshine coast who are doing it tough who are disadvantaged and we help in practical ways but we help people all around the world who are suffering from poverty we partner with Compassion and other groups to see people released from poverty in Jesus' name. That was number eight. I'm just going to have a short commercial break just to see if you're still with us. You're doing okay? All right. We can, we can edit the video later on. It's like, is anyone learning anything here today? Okay, a few people. We'll, 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 get, we'll keep going into it in a moment. We actually used to have 12, but less is more. So we've kind of come down to, to uh, the, the 10. We're a compassionate church. Loving your enthusiasm, Dan Frecker. You're doing a great job there. Come on, who can be more enthusiastic than Dan Freco here? All right, number nine, value number nine. Our church is a servant-hearted church. We go the extra mile to build his house with our God-given gifts and talents, all right? So there's a sense, and I'm so proud of this church. I'm so proud of the, the volunteer army in our church that we call the Dream Team. The dream team of people who, who realize that it's quite powerful to live for something greater than yourself. The dream team of this church, you know, I've, I've found this. People who go, I'm going to solve, I'm going to focus on my problems and solve my problems. And then 
I'll serve, or then I'm going to do something. I find this, whatever you focus on gets bigger. So if you focus on worshiping God and, and exalting Him and magnifying Him, He gets bigger in your life. If you focus on your problems, they begin to get bigger. So one of the greatest ways to live, and Jesus said it like this, if you lay down your life, you'll find life. So when you go, you know what? I need to live for a purpose greater than mine. I need to live for something that's got eternal significance. I need to live for something that's got a, a value beyond me. And I'm going to give God my time and, and my talents to serve Him in the local church. You really begin to discover why you were placed on planet Earth. And this is a servant-hearted church of people who continually go the extra mile. And I love you to be part of that. That's the culture of our church. And finally, uh, number 10 is our church is a generous church. We believe God wants us to prosper and to be a blessing to others. Sometimes when people come to church, they have this idea that I'm going to have to give away all of my money and I'm going to have to be poor as a church mouse, the poor church mouse. I don't know how he got that name of being a church mouse, but I'm, I'm going to go, go without. But actually, we believe different. We believe God wants to bless you so that you can be the answer to people's problems, so that you can bring, let finances flow through your life, so that as a church we can be generous to visitors, generous to the sunny coast, generous beyond the world, and it's a value for us to be generous in everything we do. So that's 10 values of who we are as a church. Doing okay? Hope that, I hope that re, uh, sort of, um, I hope that connects with your experience of our church. Now, I want to take a few moments now to talk about Sundays. What's, what's Sunday services all about for in the life of our church? What's it mean to come to C3 here on a Sunday? All right. I want to tell you, because if you don't understand this, it'll kind of, it'll like, oh, that's, at a church I used to go to, they did this. But everything we do here is for a specific purpose to fulfill the vision of our church. And so we live in a consumer-oriented oriented sort of mindset. So it's like, well, I've got these needs. So if I come to church, you need to meet my needs. But that's not the way church works. I find when you make other people's needs your priority, your needs start to get met. That's the, that's the reality. But So let's talk about our Sunday services and what are, the, what are our values. The first one is that Sunday is a celebration. I want Sunday services to be the greatest, you know, 90 minutes, couple of hours in people's lives as we gather and have coffee and connect and worship God together. It's a sense that the family is gathering. There's joy, there's excitement, there's relationships uh, connected. David said this, I was glad when they said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Let, I was glad. I want people to be glad. I'm going to church. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be awesome. I love it when kids say to their parents, we're going back there next week. It's an amazing church. I love it when we get to bring our tithes and offerings to celebrate who God is, to give Him honor, and to make a statement at the beginning of the week, you're number one. I'm celebrating you. I'm living for you. There's a great sense of joy in our church. I would hate our church uh, to have a feeling that you're getting dragged to church. You may have seen some of those classic church signs. I always laugh at the church signs on the highway. We don't have some because some of them are just so bad. Uh, but one of them I saw said this, uh, do you want to learn about hell? Come and listen to our pastor. I hope that's not your experience here today. Another one, another one where the sign writer got sacked, put this up. Uh, now is a good time to visit our church. Our pastor is on vacation. No! I hope that's not the case. All right, so churches are about, there's a sense of celebration. Sense of celebration. The second thing for our Sunday services is there's a sense of encounter. We want people to have an encounter with God. 
We want people to, to have a connection with God, to, to experience God. That The Bible says this, repent and, and experience times of refreshing in the presence of God. We want people to experience the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. We want people to come and, and have a sense that the dust and the discouragement of the week washes off in worship and in prayer. We want to have a sense that people came in feeling a bit rudderless and being flipped from side to side. And as the Word of God is preached, there's, there, there's uh, something's going on. There's an encounter. There's a connection with God. We want people to go out of this place going, I feel uplifted. I, I just, I needed to hear that. How did, how did they know that I needed to hear that? It's because God knew you needed to hear that. But there's an encounter, an exchange, where we leave our discouragement with God, where we leave our heaviness with God, where we leave our sickness behind, and we encounter the living God. That's another thing for our Sundays, encounter. You might find that if you've come to church uh, and you're new to church, that when, when there's worship and prayer that you start to weep. Many people I've found when they start to come to church, they just... It's just, they start to cry, and they don't know why. And I've actually known some people go, I can't go back there, I get undone. You know, it messes me up, I don't want people to see me like that. But this is the reality, when you have an encounter with God, when His presence is real and powerful, then He begins to wash the pain of our life away. The pain, and many of us have got terrible pain from our background and experience that's bottled up on the inside. And as we encounter God, the Bible says He bottles up every tear. Tears are just pain leaving our soul. Tears are just pain, God's love washing it out. And so our prayer is that our Sunday services would be an encounter with God. The, the third thing here. Oh, I just pricked my ear too far. Sorry. You're, you're being a great live studio audience. No. Checking it in. At any moment. Now just talk amongst yourselves. There we go. Very good. How am I going anyway? Are we doing okay here this morning? All right. Number, number three value for our Sunday services is not that just it would be celebration, not that it would just be encounter with God, but that we, there would be an equipping taking place. That what we hear from the Word of God wouldn't just be something that, that impacts us on Sunday, but it will change our Monday. It'll change our Tuesday and our Wednesday and our Thursday. We don't just want the presence and power of God. We want the principles of God to live by. We want the skills that God has for us so that it means that our relationships are improved. Our family life gets better. That our spiritual walk, we learn how to pray. We learn how to, we learn how to read the Bible. We learn how to overcome emotional challenges. We learn how to forgive. We learn how to repent. We learn how to use the gifts that God's given to us. We learn how to do all sorts of practical things in our life. And the Bible's filled with these. And so we want church to be really an equipping experience for people to live our best life. And then the fourth thing is, and this is the most important is that Sunday would be a day of salvation. For me, the pinnacle of every meeting is when we give an opportunity for people who don't have a relationship with God to say, yes, I'm opening my heart to God. For people who are being chewed up and spat out by life to go, you know what, I need something more and to connect with God. It's the priority of our church. It's the high point of every service. And I love it when our church leans in in a moment when the opportunity, the altar call, is, the invitation has been given out because all of us realize this is what we're all about, seeing people meet Christ. It's the high point. For me, the high point on our church calendar is when we have water baptisms. 
where people draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I invited Christ into my life, but I'm going to follow him with all of my heart. That's like the high point on our calendar. It's the celebration that we have. That means the way we do church might be different to the way I'd like it or you'd like it. Because when you've been a Christian for a while, your tastes change. What you used to, you know, you know, after a while, if you change your diet, you actually start to not like the thing that you used to like to eat, and, and your tastes change. And once you're a Christian, what you need, uh, what you like to hear, what your experiences that you like, it changes. But what I want us to be really clear is we do church not for me to experience my best, my, have my best moment, but for those who are yet to encounter Christ to have their best experience. If it was all about me, my, the worship would go for an hour. I love worship. We would just worship and worship and worship. If it was maybe if it was all about you, there'd be there'd be like half an hour of moving in the Holy Spirit and prophecy and encounters with God. Some of you say to me, "Why don't you preach longer? I'd love to hear the Word of God for fifty minutes." Some of you are like, "No, that's my worst nightmare." <laughs> but but here's here's the thing: we we don't we don't shape church up as an ex, as a consumer experience for me. We put in our minds someone who's new to faith and we go, now, what's their attention span? What can they understand? We won't have half an hour of singing in the Spirit because they'll just sit down and tune out. We'll try and explain as much of what goes on because the pinnacle of our service is salvation. It's what we're all about. And so it shapes it. So that means that instead of doing the deep study and revelation on a Sunday morning, you can go to Bible college and do that. That means instead of spending a lot of time praying for one another during the service, you can go to a connect group to do that. That means that if you want to learn to move in the gifts of the Spirit, there's opportunities around our church to do those things. But Sundays primarily is us together. Now we celebrate, we encounter, we get equipped, we benefit from it. But our, our corporate aim is Sundays is a great day for people to meet Christ. Okay, And I want to talk about that for just a moment. You see, Luke chapter 15 says this, Luke 15 verse 7, In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. See, I grew up in church. I grew up uh, in a denominational church for many years. Then I spent about six years in a, in a strong Pentecostal church with great teaching, great worship, great families, all sorts of amazing things. But in that six years, I cannot remember one person who didn't know God coming into a relationship with God. I can't remember one person. Uh, and and I, as, when we came to this church in the early days of when it started, and we began to say, what sort of church is this going to be? And the vision was cast. One of the things that was clear was that we we're going to be a church focused on reaching people who don't know God yet. And I had to ask myself, I had to give myself what I call the more joy test. Because if there's more joy in heaven, than, and there's a lot of joy in heaven, but if there's more joy in heaven over one person turning from sin and turning to God, if that's the highest moment in heaven, which is an awesome place, what's the most joy in my life? Because that indicates how aligned with God I am. If my most joy comes from a great sermon or a great worship experience, then maybe I haven't quite caught the priorities of heaven. See, Bible, the Bible tells stories in Luke chapter 15 of, of those who lost things important to themselves and looking for them to return, coins, sheep, and a son. 
And it showed us that to show us God's heart. And God's heart is, yes, for us as His children, but God's heart is for His children who are gone away. His children who are out of relationship. And so as I asked myself the more joy question, do I really love people who are outside of church and are they my priority? I realized I had to make a shift. And my challenge to you today as you join this church is if you can partner with us to reprioritize your life so that your life and my life is about the same thing. It's about reaching a generation of people who do not yet know Christ. It's our number one. And the way we do that, the way we partner, it's simple, it goes simply like this. Jesus said this, that the harvest is ripe. It's ready. It's white. The fields are harvest for white. For, for, the fields are white for harvest, he says. So would you lift up your eyes? Lift up your eyes and you'll see people everywhere. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I know when Danielle got pregnant, suddenly I could see pregnant people everywhere. It's like she's pregnant. There's a pregnant one. There's a pre- they're everywhere. Everybody's pregnant because I had a new focus. Or maybe you bought a new car. And you're driving around in the new car, and it's the new little VW. And then you're like, hang on a minute. There's another. I never saw so many VWs on the road. Why is that? Well, because you suddenly focused on something. You began to see it everywhere. And the challenge for you and I, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, and you're coming looking for a church, or if you're new in your faith, is to go, this is not about me. I've got to lift my eyes off my problems. And I've got to start to see people around my life who are ripe for the gospel, who God wants to connect. So the first part of our partnership together is that we would lift up our eyes, we would lift our focus. The next is that we'd begin to pray. God moves in people's lives when we pray. And we have this, we have this prayer card in our church, and you can grab one at the end of this next step session. I encourage you to write down the names of your friends and family who God has positioned you near to reach and to begin to pray for them. There's the, the, on the back of it is five things, the way that you can pray for them. I've got this at home. I've got the names of 10 uh, f- family and friends, uh, and most days I pray for them. And I find that as I pray, it reorients my heart towards God's focus. It reorients my heart towards the joy of heaven of people connecting. So lift up your eyes, begin to pray, and simply begin to build relationships. Just, just look for who's God given you. Who in your world, who in your workplace, who in your school, who in your street, who's God positioned you uniquely to build a friendship with so that out of that friendship and out of you demonstrating God's love, it's not that you Bible bash people. It's like, come on, go to hell, go to church. It's not that. That's not the spirit of our church. The spirit of our church is we let the love of God flow into people's lives. We, we just, we meet needs, we, we, we have people over for barbecues, we have hospitality with people, and they begin to trust us, and out of seeing what God's done in our life, we earn enough trust to say, well, hey, why don't you come down to church? I go to an amazing church, you'll love it, it's fun, and we invite people to our services, and that's, that's the fourth part. We lift up our eyes, we begin to pray, we, be, we build friendships with people, and we just simply go the ask. We go to bold. People want to come to church, they want to. They want life. They want what you've got. They might be resistant on the outside, but on the inside, they know they need God. And as we pray, He melts their hearts and opportunities come and we get to the great high point of our church together. And that's when people make a commitment to Christ. As we come to a close of this next step session, maybe you're sitting in this session today and you've never personally invited God into your life. I'd like to give you the opportunity at the end of this service, the, the host is going to give you a piece of a card, and there's two things that you can do on that card. 
The first one is you can say, you know what? I want a relationship with God. Something's missing in my life. If you do that, we would love to help you build a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing that you might want to do today after sitting through this session is say, hey, this sounds like my kind of church. I feel the prompting of God. And we would, Danielle and I would love it if you would make this your church home and continue on the next step sessions in that journey of encountering God here in this church and your life being transformed. So God bless you and thank you for being with us today.